I'm always the happy one and try to help morale and all the rest of it. I'm human and I have my days, but I've upset people in the past, often at 4.30 in the morning, in the dry mess, here's Drury dancing to the music whilst getting her crib. And the people say, no right to be this happy at this hour of the day. It's just how I'm wired, what's the point? Hello, thank you for joining me on the Beers with a Minor podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, how do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Are you looking for a dream job in the mines? Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Tune in each episode as I sit down for a relaxed chat, usually over a few beers, with a fellow miner. Women and blokes with various experience, roles and opinions share their lessons and stories with you. Now let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining. <laughs> oh, I crack me up. This week is a happy hour version of the show where I have a guest to share with you. Welcome the hard hat mentor, otherwise known as Drewy, the only Drew or Blister, because she is also my sister. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, Mad Mumsy. Hello, Blister. Thank you so much. I'm very humbled and happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. This is We've been talking about this for a while and now we're actually doing it, so let's go. Okay. Um, I'm still going to get my head around what to call you. Drewy. I can't call you Drewy because to me you're not Drewy. That was our dad or is our dad. <laughs> but um, to me you're Dione. I know you feel like you're in trouble when you hear Dione, but um, Dione or Blister is also, she's much more than just my sister and this is why she is on the Beers with a Minor podcast. She is also a culture and leadership specialist, a highly experienced and respected safety and training professional with over 25 years in the mining, construction, oil and gas industries, spanning multi-million dollar projects. Recognised as a highly effective safety professional in technical aspects of OHS and HES, safety culture diagnostics, planning and program implementation. Engaging and influential facilitator of safety leadership-focused workshops, trainings, meetings and toolbox startups. Demonstrated transformative individual and group performance safety coaching ability with workforces, leaders and management. Oh, what a mouthful! (laughs) Now I've given a brief outline, although brief that is, of your experience in these industries. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, like why Drewy? Well, just to address your first uh, your 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 <laughs> first comments there, it does sound pretty sexy. Um, it's really just a long <laughs> explanation of I get out there and talk to people to try and uh, help things in the industry. That's it. Um, simply Drewy. Yeah. Well, my name is Dione Drew, but the way it looks on paper looks like Dion. Um. 
with full respect to my parents and everyone who likes to call me Dione because that is my name. My dad was a very famous Druid in his industry and I look up to him. So um, when nobody could say Dione properly, after the sixth or seventh time, I decided, well, Drewy's fine. And they went, thank God. Other people are still not comfortable and that's fine. They like to be more professional. I had a meeting just the other day with a board of directors and they came to me and first introduction was, hi, Dion. And we'd had many conversations about my nickname. And then before I said a word, uh, the board of directors said, is that why it's Drewy? I said, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever people are comfortable with, that's the short version. That's right, yeah, and it's a good reason. I can remember growing up, you used to stand there with your little hands on your hips as a seven-year-old going, it's D-I-O-N-N-E, D-O-N-E. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that, but I guess, yeah, apparently that's true. I've heard that from mum too, so it must have been true. Yeah, that's right. So for anyone who is wondering how you spell it, now you know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so as this podcast is called the Beers with a Minor podcast, I like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favourite beverage and also their favourite time to enjoy it. It could be a beer, wine, spirit or perhaps even a cup of tea. What is yours? Well, I don't like beer. Um, apparently most people didn't the first time they tried it, but that just stayed with me. I spat it out and I still don't even like the smell of it. Um, I don't like wine, same deal. And I've tried cheap wine, I've tried $300 bottles of wine, and I just don't like wine. Always been a bourbon girl. But since going to Canada for a role in the last few years, they didn't have my bourbon, but they had Jamison whiskey. So that is now my preferred drop of ale, my poison, if you like. <laughs> Which I'm happy and, now. Ah, right. And we just realised that if you hear the odd tinkling in the background, it's only the ice in Drewy's drink. <laughs> yes, it's a very weak drink. Yes, of course. Like my beer, mid-strength beer. You know, we're chilling out on a late in the afternoon, catching up, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's right. And the time I usually like it, I've got a bit of a rule these days. After 4pm is good. Um, mm -hmm. Usually hook up and have a drink and get tea ready by then. But since it is beers with a minor, I took one for the team because it's only... A little earlier than that in WA because you are in Queensland. So I'm taking one for the team and having one early. It's very hard. Oh, and then it's just about stopping. <laughs> yes. So moving forward, would you like to fill us in a little bit on your journey so far? Okay. Well, I know we don't have much time, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> how do you cover all that time? Okay. We've got an hour. <laughs> well, quickly, um, it was definitely a case of not, what you know about who you know for me to get my start in the game. My mum, my mum, our mum. Our mum. We were living in a, in a town in the north of South Australia. Um, the only thing I was qualified to do, I didn't like to do, because year 11 at school I did a business course, shorthand typing and the like, because I had no interest in doing year 12 or going to university. I just wanted to get out amongst it and start working as either a uh, marine biologist or a journalist, funnily enough, was my dream. Um, so the only thing I was qualified to do was work in an office. I did that for two weeks and, uh, hated every moment of it. So, um, I ended up at about 17, 16, 17 years old, working in various shops in a remote town in South Australia. And mum got a role in a mine about 40k out of that town in South Australia. 
and um, she managed to get me in, but I wasn't 18. So the very day I turned 18 was literally my first day on a mine site. It was a copper mine in South Australia as a cleaner. And that was interesting, hardest work I've ever done in my life. And I was fit and young and healthy, but that's, that is actually how I got into the game in the first place. And I knew pretty rapidly because I ended up in the kitchen that I wanted to be the one handing the plates to the people in the mess instead of them handing the plates to me. So I spent the next number of years working on that, making that happen, which I did very successfully, which is great. Yeah, and I guess, um, again, moving on quickly, um, I fell in love out there, got engaged, got out of the game for a short time, and note to selves, if you meet someone on a mine site, um, it's not the real world. Some work very successfully, some don't. This one didn't. So I went back into the game. By the time I was 20, I was on another mine site in Western Australia. And by that time, I was working in laboratories, uh, in labs. And I really, really enjoyed that. But I did my wrists in. There was not a lot of manual handling. Their machines were very old back then. And I couldn't even hold a pen. That's how bad my wrists were. So they threw me on the plant. It was a carbon in pulp, a CIP processing plant for gold, threw me over there thinking I'd hang off a hose, as they call it, um, and then they didn't really know what to do with me. Well, I had a very good uh, mentor who taught me the ins and outs of that plant, and I ended up uh, running a shift out there my own self. So that was pretty amazing. Um, six weeks on, two weeks off back then. Wow. Can you just repeat that, please? Well, it was an operational mine site, remember, not construction. Six weeks on and two weeks off was the standard. Six weeks, six weeks on, people. Not six days, <laughs> six weeks. Sorry, I had to interrupt oh, to get that okay. um, Yeah. <laughs> I think we got one day off. In Every two weeks we had a day off, but we were so remote we couldn't really do much. Um, but, yeah, six weeks on, two weeks off, and, again, that was pretty standard back then. Remembering um, I'm almost 50, so I was only 20, 21 then, I believe. So that was... Um, yeah, that was a very interesting journey. On that site, I was nearly killed literally twice. I should not be here. Mm. That led me to um, the safety world. So I got myself qualified, my own self, my own time, my own money in safety and training, and I guess that's where the journey began. And for many, many years after that, um, that, that has been my, my goal, is to try and stop people being in the situation I was put in because... Mining was a lot different than it is now back then. You talk about mental health, bullying, harassment, safety, the lack thereof. I'm very happy to see the way it's evolved. And in that time, I also underground with survey, off-siding on drill rigs with geology, in laboratories, on process plants, and then went into site administration because I knew I needed to get my office skills improved because I hadn't done them for a while because I knew the safety world was going to need me to understand site administration, contracts and the like. Then I went to safety and training and spent many years doing that in construction, in expansion within mining. So I stayed in the game but got out of operations and went into construction world because it was the fastest way, I believed, to get my cred, if you like, and experience in safety as a new safety person because it was four weeks on one off standard in construction and hard yards, full noise, high-risk industry. So I did that for a number of years and then evolved, if you like, 
was very lucky to be um, invited to become a coach and work in the safety space. Whole nother podcast on the experiment that happened there <laughs> on a very important site in WA, huge, the biggest one. From there, was absolutely humbled to be invited to work for that same company and go international um, in British Columbia. So that was amazing. And again, that's a whole new podcast, that one, the stories about just being in a different country when you've never even been overseas. I love listening to the different things that you had to deal with because I haven't been overseas either. <laughs> so in case you hadn't guessed, my sister, Drewy, is going to be a regular on Beers with a Minor podcast because she's got so much to offer. This is just a quick introduction, really, considering how much we can get get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Value bombs come and left, right and centre. Oh, thank you so much. That would be great. Yeah, there a lot of stories in here from how things have changed from how it used to be to how it is now. And now I'm, I'm working on for a... Uh, leadership and culture consultancy based in Queensland, which I guess we'll hit perhaps later on, and also developing my own consultancy and doing some charity work with another global company as well. So it's all very exciting. Very exciting and very busy, and um, I'm so honoured and proud to have you as my sister. <laughs> well, we'll, right we'll catch you, Mad Mumsy. What you are doing for the record, and do not edit this out, or else I'll. <laughs> for the record, I'm in control here. <laughs> what you're doing for industry, off your own back, on your own time, is huge. Helping people uh, understand the brutal facts about the game, the good, the bad, the ugly, warts and all, and that's how it's got to be. So good on you. It's it's gold. Keep it up, mate. Well, thank you. I think we should have a cheers on that. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Up your kilt. All right. So is there anything else that you want to share with us about your journey so far? Do you think that's covered most of what you've done? I know there's, you know, like that was just a, a skate over, but I do have a couple of couple of things I wanted to ask you. You're a woman who for a long time has been working since a young age in a male-dominated industry. So I know, and again, this could be 10 podcasts, <laughs> um, I know that you would have some great tips for other women and inspiring other women to take the leap and perhaps some mistakes to be aware of, or not, not necessarily mistakes, but issues to be aware of. Do you Have you got any thoughts on that? Ah, uh, yes, millions, as you said. <laughs> I knew. I guess I can share one quick story. What I was not aware of when I was 18, I was a little bit apparently sexy back then. I did. They banned me from wearing shorts in that first mine. It was in the middle of the desert. It was 40 plus. And the only clothes I owned were the clothes I owned. So after work, I would play pool in the shortest shorts you've ever seen in your life. Mm. Having... Really no idea that it really wasn't the right thing to be doing, and I say that quite honestly. So I was told pretty rapidly that it's not right, it's not fair, because, and I know this is casual and may become a bit R-rated, but I don't think the guys would have minded if I'd been putting out, as it were, but I wasn't. So they didn't want to see it. Therefore, if you don't mm. put out, you're either frigid or a lesbian, because apparently it's nothing to do with you don't want to get involved with them because you realise it's not a smart place to do it. It's important, I think, for chicks in the game to be very mindful of 
what they're putting out there when they're on site. Do we have equality? Should we have equality? Absolutely. But in the real world, it's the same thing. If you don't want to draw negative attraction to yourself, you don't walk around in a certain manner and it's at late at night in a dark alley. So to me, it's the same thing. If you're in a male-dominated world um, and you want to make your life easier, be mindful of what you are wearing, what you're saying and how you are behaving, as they need to be also. That's mm -hmm. the biggest change I've seen is how accountable not just the guys, but everybody is when it comes to bullying, um, when it comes to sexual harassment. I don't really want to harp too much on the woman thing, but it's hard to avoid because I have been a woman in a man's world for a very long time. And back then, to my recollection, most of the chicks either worked in an office, in a kitchen, couple in a lab, and drove machines. So when I was on break, by the time, which was in a very short space of time, I was operating a plant, a fixed plant, people would say, so what do you do? Do you drive a truck? Do you work in the kitchen or in the office? <laughs> Apparently that's all anybody ever did. And I said, well, no, I'm, I'm actually a process technician. And that was pretty rare back then. I was actually the first female process technician on that site. So that was pretty exciting. Whole other aspect, and I've got a lot of advice for women, but you they say you need to be better than the men. I think that's not right. I think you just need to be the best you can be, have your integrity, yeah. do your very best. Don't play the woman card. Don't ever play the woman card. It doesn't work. Be authentic, be you, work hard, and just be mindful of what you're putting out there and you'll succeed. Because this game, although it's changed a little lately, what I love about it is if you work hard, it's not hard to shine in this industry. There are so many people who show up and their work ethic doesn't really exist. They feel like they're owed something. That's possibly changed now with the downturn. Perhaps people are being a little more conscientious because they were trying to hold on to their jobs. But I've seen it time and time again. You will be rewarded for your efforts. But the way you conduct yourself is a big part of how you'll go in your career and what you do out of work as well with social media. Very important business. Do not think that a company will not look at your Facebook page and everything else because they will. And that could do you in. Oh, wise words there for <laughs> sure. And let's remember speaking from a lot of experience, many years, mm. decades even. Hey, Blister. Yeah. <laughs> scary, scary. A quick a quick three or something? Yeah. How many years has it been? Have you added it up? Well I've I think I was thinking about that before this podcast and I've had I say I've been in the game since I turned eighteen. I did leave for a few literally a couple of years here and there. I, I dabbled in um, the hospitality industry, became a bar manager. I was a fitness instructor. All of these things happened in, funnily enough, in mining towns. So <laughs> eventually I went back to it. Um, I know now don't bother trying to get out of it because this is what you do and this is where you belong. I feel like I'm home. Now, whether I FIFO my entire life or just try and help um, in other ways, as long as I'm involved in the industry, I'm very happy because it's been my whole life's work, I suppose you could say. And the camp life yeah. is, I'm very excited about. I love the bonding that you get with people. I love the camp life. It's what you make of it, the people you meet. No one else in the whole world gets it. There are a lot of people who think, including some of the wives and families left behind, that it's a party and they go out there and you're leaving us behind. It's not a party. Not anymore. And it's not a big orgy either. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, no. It's hard work. There's not a lot of free time. 
to do anything after work. Um, but it's I would not swap it for the world because you can't. I guess that to me, I think of the people in the forces as well. They're away a lot. They're doing such a noble thing, and their families have to deal. And nobody can understand, I guess, what the forces go through unless you've been there, and in a less to a lesser degree because I don't hold hold us to that standard. But same deal. Nobody can understand what it's like there until you've lived it. And we're choosing to live it, so let's make the best of it. And I'm always the happy one and try to help morale and all the rest of it. I'm human and I have my days, but I've upset people in the past, often at 4.30 in the morning, in the dry mess, here's Drury dancing to the music whilst getting her crib. And the people say, I've got no right to be this happy at this hour of the day. It's just how I'm wired, what's the point? Yeah, it's a great game. It's Well, sadly, that's where we end this interview with my sister, our culture and leadership specialist, Dione Drew. We spoke for an hour and a half, but the last pretty much hour, for some reason, the audio stopped. So I'm heartbroken because it was freaking awesome. (laughs) And anyway... You know, we could go on forever and at the start I did say that this would be a quick introduction to our regular Drewy. So as it turned out, that's exactly what you just experienced. This is still very new to me and that was the first Skype interview other than practice runs that I have recorded and it went well for 39.5 minutes and the next hour was no sound at all just the video side of it so I'm working on that I will improve audio quality across the board but hey progress not perfection right I'll get it out there I really wanted you to meet our culture and leadership specialist Drewy and get a bit of a taste of what you're in for when she comes back because she will be a regular that's for sure the best way to contact Drewy if you would like to let her know what you thought about the show or if you just want to drop her a line her email is hardhatmentor57 at gmail.com and she's also available on LinkedIn if you can find her there that's Dione Drew I will as I say leave all her contact details in the show notes for you all the links we discussed in this episode, not that there ended up being too many, <laughs> are available at madmumsy.com forward slash beers8. That's madmumsy with a Z or a Z, depending where you are from, and the number 8. I would love you to please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people can hear about the Beers with a Minor podcast. Head to madmumsy.com forward slash iTunes to find the subscribe link and please share with your mates. Until next week, stay safe, be real, be special and have fun for we only live once. Cheers. And don't do your head in if audio doesn't work all the time. Progress, not perfection. Just keep going, right? In all of us, in business and in life. Keep smiling, keep going, keep working towards your dreams. And I will catch you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.